the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. We're all very different people, and I get that, and I try to celebrate that within reason. I think my goal in life or my purpose in life is to get people to retirement, I think. With that said, you know, I have to click through the news and help you. 25 years ago, I had an investment advisory firm, get this, called Mercury Capital Management. And I got up early. I worked East Coast time. Um, in large part because you had to be smarter than the guy next to you. And at one point in time, I had a friend who was tied towards what was called Business Talk Radio, which was a great network at one point in time. Think Bloomberg, think CNBC. And it kind of went the way of, let's just sell infomercials as much as we can, and it became a kind of a business model. And I kind of wanted to get away from that, so I came to San Francisco, but that's a whole other story. What I'm getting at here is at a business called Mercury Capital Management, and I was a tech guy, uh, big into tech, big tech stock investor, really good at what I did. Really proud of that. Um, but I got into radio in a kind of a stupid way that they needed someone to, you know, give business updates. And I said, I could do that. Two minute update, you know, and uh, my perspective was like, hey, there's a little company you may want to hear about called Amati. And in two minutes or less, I'd tell you about, all about Amati technology. And Amati was you know, coming up with the designs and modems for DSLs. Digital subscriber lines, right? And this was going to be a way for the Verizons and AT&Ts of the world to make fun, money on the internet, getting you faster modems. So I'm pretty proud of where I came from. I think it's my purpose to help you think about retirement. I'm not always going to be successful, and I get that. So the Uber IPO is one that I'm looking at more and more and more and trying to study and take away anything I can. Uber Technologies' impact, it will be analyzed in the years to come. But there's so many angles you can take a look at. Traffic, employment, driver wages, VC investing, San Francisco housing prices, and on and on and on. I don't feel that they're a company that's going to add a lot to society. But I think they're also going to have an unappreciated legacy. And, you know... The amount of companies that have come to, to fruition because an Uber and a Lyft, you know, started their business models. Companies like Bird, which does an electric scooter. Got a friend who's at a ER doctor at Stanford. Good friend to have, right? He basically said, um, number one accident right now or number one thing that we're seeing is electric scooter accidents. Wear a helmet. You're going to break your wrists. It's going to happen. But companies like Beam, an e-scooter company, there's trucking on automation startups like Ike and Kodiak Robotics, 
even former Uber CEO Travis Klanick has started a kitchen rental business for restaurant deliveries called Cloud Kitchens. And these Uberlings, these baby Ubers, these ideas that come from the Uber cloth, so to speak, fabric, um, it's, there's going to be more investments. The sad thing is, I think they're very lazy investments, and I don't think they're adding a lot of um, value to society. But that's just me being, you know, honest. It's, I don't know, I don't want to get too na- too mean about it, but when you see a company that had a valuation, somewhere projecting at $120 billion in December, and now it's about $65 billion, do you know how many venture capitalists got hosed who were throwing money in? Between sixty-five million and one hundred twenty billion, and the people who are paying for that zero to sixty-five billion-dollar valuation are, is the public now because it's publicly traded. I got a little bit of a problem with how lazy venture capitalists got on this one. Um, they just keep throwing money at these stocks every time the venture capital industry seems like it's ready to slow down. You see a lot of late entrants into it because they're trying to make that venture capital kind of money. We've had record low interest rates essentially since 2010 in the wake of that great recession that we had. And everyone wants to be a venture capitalist. We want the next Tinder or the next Instagram, the next Airbnb, uh, Lyft, Uber, Pinterest, 20 employees that sell it to Facebook for a billion. We want anything we can, you know, tie down at this point in time. Now, there's some companies that are coming public like Zoom, which is a video conferencing company. That it, hey, at least at least there's a business plan there, right? Keep in mind, companies like Amazon, Salesforce, and Netflix lost money for a long time. So at some point in time, you could look at me and say, Rob, you may be wrong here. But companies like Microsoft, Apple, Google, and Facebook all went public with profits, and it will be interesting to see the venture capitalists who got burned. Do they lick their wounds and never come back, or do they lick their wounds and come back with even more money to throw at the next? company that's not going to solve the world. I want someone to solve cancer. I know you're saying, that's noble of you, Rob. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) That's what I want. Uh, But funding for gig economy startups, that's mostly trying to replace, you know, parents of young tech workers has faded now, which is good. Silicon Valley has been the most innovative place in the United States uh, for 70 years. It's, it's been a huge industry for the, the Bay Area. But it's not really serving a lot of broader needs of society right now. I'll say this, Beyond Meat, pretty interesting, but they're not based in California, San Francisco. Um, that's the company who IPO'd and became super sexy because Beyond Meat, and don't buy it because the valuations are stupid. If you buy it, it's like a Vegas thing. You're going to be buying more. It's a bit of a gamble. It's overvalued. But th- at least they'll have the enthusiasts who are like, I don't eat meat. I don't like meat. I don't like cows. I don't eat meat. But this takes... My burger is just as good as your burger. Okay. Yeah. You're going to have enthusiasts. You're going to have people who go to the church of Beyond Meat. We've moved beyond meat. Now, let's eat a cheeseburger. A cheese impossible burger. (laughs) Burger King selling impossible burgers. Do you think this is lost on me? I'm not saying it's the future, but it's certainly another option. At one point in time, we had ABC, NBC, and CBS. And then Fox came along. We had another option. At one point, we had chicken, pork, uh, 
cow and salads. Oh, no, I'm dying of salads. But now we got the beyond thing. So we're always paying attention, okay? And those are the problems that I want to see worked on, not necessarily um, Kim Kardashian getting $500,000 per post on Instagram because she's going to sell a lot of makeup that you don't need or uh, tookish surgeries that you don't need. We need we need to be solving bigger problems. I'm Ron Black talking all things financial. Big seminar coming up this Thursday. Just right around the corner. I mean, it's this week. 6.30, Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Use the code Radio25 when you sign up at Rob Black Show. Hit events. See you there, 6.30 Thursday. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. What's going to be the saddest thing on the earth? Let's ask CFP Chad Burton. Chad, do you have an answer to that? A retirement for a lot of baby boomers out there? No, I'm thinking about a lot of hipsters who have... Ear piercings, nose piercings, tattoos, nipple clamps. Whoa. When the Blazers get swept by the Golden State Warriors. No, 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 no. That's not going to happen. <laughs> not even close. I, I, I told you, put your money where your mouth is, Mr. Black. Sweet. I can't do that. It's against the law to take money from someone who's mentally challenged. Let's get Ouch, to the topic. You're on fire today. Look at you. No, I know. I, no, I wrote it, and I, you didn't. You didn't know it was coming, so it's totally unfair. Um, okay. Thursday, we have a big event. You and I, and this will be a good one. Um, it's going to be. Yeah, but it's probably going to be game two. It's probably going to be game two of that series. You know. Yeah, good good timing on that one, but that's okay. We won't yeah. spoil it. So tape it. Go home. No. So, um, and also by the time it won't even be the first half won't even be over by the time we're done. That's true. Straight, straight to the bar afterwards. We'll watch it. Los Gatos Hotel, um, 630 to 830. Not the Los Gatos Hotel, but the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos. Uh, we can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com and use the code RADIO25. Let's talk about retirement myths. Ones that come to mind is 70% of your income in retirement. I, you know what's crazy about that one is my income's been great, but my spending's been greater. So I don't even know if I can go cut back to 70%. I don't even know what 7% of what number. How close to seventy percent of your current income is true? Well, I don't know, Rob. What, what are you going to do? What's going to get you out of bed every day in retirement? Probably walking a dog. <laughs> and by that, I mean my wife. Ooh, ouch! Um, what else? What else is going to get you out of bed? You got, I mean, you got to know what you're going to spend, and yeah. a lot of people that have a really successful, happy, fulfilled retirement. Um, I can't remember who coined it, but it's the smiley face retirement spending um, pattern that tends to actually be true, where a lot of people in the first five, sometimes 10 years of retirement actually spend more money than when they were working, um, not not if you include taxes, but just the general expenses between lifestyle and hobbies and everything else, because you're doing all the things you never had time to do. You're, you're checking off the bucket list, I guess you could say. 
Um, and then people go through this kind of point of contentment where, all right, I've traveled, I've done all I need to do, and I'm, I'm really kind of more spending time with friends and family on a local level, and spending goes down a little bit. And then later in life, in the 80s and beyond, healthcare expenses kick in, and spending goes way up again. So it's kind of a, a smiley face-shaped spending pattern. And that's why every single financial plan that you do, even though they're very necessary to, to estimate taxes and create a withdrawal strategy and which accounts do you draw from first, it's, it's extremely important to have that financial plan, but they all need adjusting going forward. It's a living, breathing animal because of that way that people spend money. And I don't think, unless people become kind of miserable and they just sit there and do nothing, I don't typically see a big drop in spending at retirement. Um, usually that comes along with those people that we kind of have to get into counseling to say, okay, what's going to give you purpose in life and, and fulfillment? What are you going to do to get up every day? That's why I kind of asked you that question because you're not talking to people on radio every day. You got to figure out, you know, what Rob's going to do in retirement someday. You know, I might do a podcast or something, or I might try to, you know, live vicariously through my kids, but I don't really have a good answer to that is what it comes down to. Maybe I'll train dogs for like bomb sniffing dogs or something, but more on me later. So the 70% income's not quite right. How about the 4% draw rule? I'm still focused on you wanting to train bomb-sniffing dogs in retirement. That one threw me. I don't know. The 4% draw rule in retirement. So there's that downloadable, how long will your money last in retirement, um, on the website, newfocusfinancial.com. And and you can it's got 3% inflation built into it. And you can say, here's my rate of return. Here's how much I'm drawing. Here's how much my money is going to last. And for that 4% draw rule to really work, you're going to have to have long-term average rates of return of 6% plus. And so when that 4% draw rule was created and there was a Nobel Prize as a result of it, it was huge in the investing community, but it was in the early 90s, Rob. It was you know, right around the time that I got into the business, um, so you know, about 25-plus years ago. And back when that rule was created fixed income or your bonds and your CDs were paying more than double what they're paying now. I mean, we're sub 2.6 on the 10-year treasury right now. So when you're in retirement and 40 to 60% of your portfolio is in safe money, typically back then, it was earning twice as much as it is now. So it's a problem. And, and I think we're going to have to be dealing with this problem for a while because the Fed's targeting inflation. We're not seeing a ton of inflation because of demographics around the world and technology making things cheaper. So the 4% draw rule isn't quite right. Um, and inflation is kind of lumpy as well. So you can't just say, oh, I've got enough to live off 4% of my portfolio. Every year, you're going to draw a little bit more each year. And some people are having to deal with a little bit more growth in their portfolio, which means a little bit more volatility and a little bit more activity in terms of peeling off the growth in the portfolio. So you have two sides of the portfolio. You have the fixed income and CDs and things like that, which kick off interest. And then you have the stocks, which kicks off dividends, but they also stocks grow or your mutual funds, your ETFs grow in value, and you have to sell to peel off some of that capital appreciation. So for that 4% draw rule to work, you might have to be a little bit more aggressive and, and a little bit more active in taking gains off the table. And this is a perfect example. The whole the trade issue, was, it was what we had priced into the market 
was no more rate increases and a trade deal being done with China sooner than later. And so you're starting to see repercussions of that trade deal not being done sooner than later right now in the market. True. We're running low on time. Let's um, again say Los Gatos, Thursday night, Toll House Hotel, 6.30 Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code radio 25 Seems there are too many people depending on inheritance rather than saving for retirement. I know a handful of these people who have nothing safe for retirement, nothing. And it's all about inheriting mom's house or dad's house and or getting, you know, their, their, their big chunk of change. Good idea, bad idea. Yeah. It's a horrible idea because one of the other myths out there is that if you get into a nursing home situation or home health care, that Medicare is going to cover you. And that is not the case. And so a lot of people, their parents, are going to blow through any wealth that they have because of long-term care costs. So it's a horrible way to plan for retirement is depending on somebody else's heritage because people are living longer and they're spending more of the money on health care. Anything else that we need to know? we got about 30 seconds. Um, yeah, the, a couple other myths. Taxes won't be an issue in retirement. It, it can be cheaper, but it's actually more detailed. That's what this event is about, is how to create your, a really lower for longer tax bracket in retirement. Investing only for income and never paying off your mortgage, a couple other myths. We'll talk about those at the event. We'll talk about those in coming days. You can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com Thursday. This Thursday, 630 to 830, Toll House Hotel, Los Gatos, California. Use the code radio 25 at newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. So let's see if I can pull this off. Supreme Court ruled against Apple in the App Store antitrust case. That's a big strike for Apple because Apple's banking on services. Even though they're still selling plenty of $1,000 phones... They're kind of counting on that app store and getting people to develop content for them at which they take 30% of commissions on the sales through the app store. It's an unfair use of monopoly power, says the Supreme Court. They ruled against Apple 5-4 to four in a case involving the signature electronic marketplace, the app store, allowing iPhone users to move forward with their suit against the company. Uh, Apple's line drawing does not make a lot of sense other than as a way to gerrymander Apple out of this in similar lawsuits, so says Justice Brett Kavanaugh. I don't know enough about this. I'm going to learn more, and I'll share with you when I do. Um, But that certainly, on the front of it, does not feel like good news for Apple. Again, Apple's probably the poster child of what's going wrong with China right now. They have a lot of manufacturing in China. China's kind of backed against the wall because they got a lot of employees that work for Apple in China manufacturing this stuff. Orders are going to be cut because of the tariffs. China's going to lose jobs. The U.S. is going to lose the ability to get cheap iPhones, cheaper than what can be manufactured in other countries. It's not good. Uber down another 7 to 10%. Um, when do they stop falling? First and foremost, they're not left. But they have also haven't really comforted us by saying, here's our path to future profitability. Uh, And we kind of need that. Half of millennials are saying that social media drives them to spend more money that they don't have. Well, that's a cheery one. Just under uh, half, 49% of millennials, age 23 to 38, say social media has influenced them to spend money on experiences. 
48% say they've overspent when sharing experience with friends, whether it's dining out or going out on a group vacation. Social media sites increasingly have a huge impact. And now they're taking money from us and our future. I believe the children are future. Um, I have a pair of shoes that I could send you a picture of you ask me to that I'm wearing right now that have holes in them. They're falling off my feet. And uh, they're falling off my feet because I power wash my own home. And when you power wash, you get wet. And uh, I've got no shame. Like, I'm not, I'm not worried about what people think about me. So millennials, on the other hand, feel a lot of stress to be all that in a bucket of chicken. Spending money is not the enemy. Spending money on things that you don't need is the enemy. Spending money on things that you throw away after one or two wearings is the enemy. Not having a financial plan that you can kind of write down is the enemy. Um, I don't know how to answer this for you other than say, you know, close Instagram. You know, right? You're saying, I'm not doing that. Um, but it would probably be for the best, I think, for you. A lot of stories, stock stories are in the air today. Qualcomm awarded its executive team stock bonuses after its multi-billion dollar settlement with Apple over long-standing patent disputes. This included a stock bonus worth about $3.5 million for the CEO. Kind of weird, right? It's like if you're a board op in radio and you get a big check from the, the mother office saying, hey, we want a big lawsuit. Or maybe not, but you see what I'm saying? Something's just not right about that. Disney's Avengers Endgame topped the weekend box office for the third straight weekend with 63.1 million in North American ticket sales. Um, beating out Detective Pikachu, which uh, there's not enough days in the, in the year that I could open up and say, hey, I've got time to go watch Detective Pikachu. Pikachu! Now, there is a good chance that uh, I'll eventually see Disney's Avengers Endgame. It's the one movie I've been told by a coworker, and I always give coworkers one chance. Give me a good movie recommendation. Give me a good book recommendation. And this guy says, you got to see it, but you got to see it in IMAX. So look for Rob Black in an IMAX theater coming to you sooner than later. Philip Morris has suspended a global social media marketing campaign involving its new heated tobacco device. Um, the suspension of the campaign came in... I guess, deference to the campaign's use of youth-oriented online personalities. It's crazy that uh, we live in that world, right? <laughs> Where it, Taylor Swift caught a lot of flack. And I don't know if I, I give her the flack or not, but when she signed on to be a sponsor of, like, Pepsi and the American Diabetes Association, rawr, 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 how dare you, you know, get your young kids and young women hooked on sugary soft drinks. I don't know. Would I take a $25 million endorsement deal from Pepsi? Of course I would. Would I take the, the criticism from the people out there like you who would say, uh, how dare you take that endorsement money? I'd shake it off. Shake it off. Um, I know you're saying that's a bad play on Taylor Swift. And it is. Uber is on watch today after dropping 7% on Friday. It's dropped anywhere from 7 to 6% today. They are going to come out with announcements. And this is where I'm like, I can't tell you when to buy or when is the white of their eyes. But they're going to be a hell of a trade at some point in time. 
Facebook had the same problem when they came public that people were like, they're not making money on the desktop. And then why don't they, why aren't they like on mobile? And then they were like, Zuckerberg was like, okay, we'll be on mobile. And the stock IPO'd in the you know, 40s, went to 60, and then next thing you know, it's 28 bucks. You're like, whoa. And it goes from 28 to 200. Uber's already big and fat. My boys say, you got a big fat belly, Dad. Compared to them, I do. Um, and you get the idea uh, that it's a big company. They sold 180 million shares at $45 a piece on Thursday. I've got friends who are working Uber, and I'll be honest with you, they're not the people that I uh, would, res- would say uh, are financially responsible. One guy wants to build a, a swimming pool, and I'm, I look at his house, and it's, it's on the edge of a cliff on stilts. I'm like, where are you going to put it? And he's like, I got money to throw at it. I'll figure it out. All right. And that's like, that's the arrogance and the brashness. Now, if you take a look at what Uber's done, having fallen from a $120 billion valuation to where it is now, probably about $70 billion, that's a pretty big loss. That's $50 billion of money that people were like getting ready to throw around. Now, $50 billion on a trillion-dollar economy doesn't necessarily, like, oh, yeah, it makes a dent. <laughs> you know? So that's out there. Um $64 billion market cap at this point in time. It's down 3 bucks a day, sitting at thirty-eight fifty-seven. And again, at some point in time, it's going to be a loaded coil, and it's going to spring higher. My fear is is that, yes, it will spring higher, and that'll suck people in. So they'll lose money on the IPO. Then they'll get back in at a higher price than what they sold to this week at. And then they're going to get back in. Maybe they'll make the rocket ride up. Maybe they won't. But Uber's got some good news coming. You don't... Um, for instance, let me give you an example. They have a big headquarters. That makes me a little nervous. But they, last month and the month before, I kept getting 50% off Uber rides, 50% off Uber rides. I'm like, why? They're trying to get people you know, in it and use it once, twice, three times, four times a month. They're trying to show some of the stickiness of it. And I'm just like, mm, not my thing. Not my thing. Now, again, at, will it be a trade, and will I be interested in it? Yeah. Will I own it for the long term? I, I don't see the path to profitability. So I, I think logistically they're a big company. I think they've got a lot to offer, but I don't see the path to profitability, and that's a little bit of a problem for me. Like, not my ethics or morals kind of problem. I just don't see it. So caught up in the retaliatory trade crossfire. That's going on. China's going to stop purchasing U.S. agricultural products and energy. They're going to reduce Boeing orders and restrict U.S. service trade with China. A lot of Chinese scholars are discussing the possibility of dumping U.S. treasuries and how to do it specifically. They buy a lot of our debt, making our debt cheaper. If we have to give them their money back, oh boy, this gets tricky quick. So the companies, I think, with the biggest exposure to trade tape wars, Boeing, Caterpillar, Apple, and dear. Now, like I said, I expect the president to come back with a tit for tat. I, I would expect him to say, we're going to send our farmers a paycheck right now. We're going to get through, through this, this terrible thing. This was kind of odd news that's out there. Um, Saudi Arabia has oil tankers uh, that got, got sank. They were attacked in the... Or I don't guess no, they got uh, sank, but they were attacked in the Strait of Hormuz. No confirmation on who would pull that off. 
speculation is that Iran played some sort of part in the, you know, the issue on the edge. 800-516-1220 to get your call in the air. Big seminar coming up Thursday evening in the Bay Area, in Los Gatos, at the Toll House Hotel, 630-830. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Sign up for the event at Rob Black Show and use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'll be honest with you. You probably heard me tease CFP Chad Burton about the Blazers and the Warriors. Uh, If you ever hear me, if you ever see me in a park, soccer park, dog park, and I'm talking to Warriors, I'm only doing it because I'm bored and I don't know what else to talk about. Um... I think sports where you become you are, your identity is so tied towards a team is kind of silly. I like hockey. There's no doubt about it. I'd rather watch a group of like four-year-old kids play hockey or five-year-old kids or six-year-old kids play hockey than watch the NBA or Major League Baseball. The only reason I watch Major League, Major League Baseball is to fall asleep. It's so boring. And it's great. Saturday afternoon, have a couple beers, watch a little baseball, asleep. Am I watching it because of the competitive drive to cheer? No. Does that make any sense? I don't get the money transfer. And yes, do I take my kids to sporting events? Yeah. I'm not going to take them to a Warriors game. I don't have that kind of stupid money. Um, but I know people do. And I, I, I think I think it's stupid money, to be quite honest with you. Um, and I think a lot of people are going to retire poor because of that. I look at games like... Uh, the 49ers, and I see a lot of like, hey, these are tech people. They probably have money. Uh, I think it's cliche to say, hey, look at the Oakland Raiders. They're not tech people. They're more the blue collar of the Bay Area. That's very cliche, and I know that's wrong. But I'm like, these people don't have money to you know throw down $400, $600 for eight games, and yet they do. Um, I think it's one of those things that on my deathbed, if the Sharks win the Stanley Cup, I will be thrilled. Thrilled for the community that should fall in love with the game. If the Warriors win another championship, I will be thrilled. Th- thrilled for the community that, you know, young kids get to watch, you know, such an exciting drama. But that's, I, I split on things, right? Don't you wish I had, like, a more set personality where I could, if I had, you know, one hand instead of two, you'd really know my opinion on things? And I think I give my opinion on things, to be fair. Um... So Facebook is a story that got kind of in the news this week with Kamala Harris over the weekend saying, you know, I think it should be broken up because they are a utility. Now, they're not a utility. They're not owned by the state of California. They're not owned by the federal government. But it does serve a very utilitarian function. And back in the day and age, AT&T had the same thing, where they were able to raise rates on long-distance calls, local calls, whatever they wanted to do because there was no other game in town. There's a problem with that when there's no other game in town. And I don't know the answer on Facebook. Is it regulation? I'm not a big fan of regulation. Is it slapping their wrist? It's a slap on the wrist to find them $5 billion and see their stock go up by $20 billion because um, it wasn't enough or not enough to hurt them. I don't have the answer. I can tell you that I, I hope people get wise and there's not one thing I've ever seen on Instagram that has a value of one penny to me. Not one thing. 
Now, if you were to count, you know, that model, you know the one who has a new haircut that, you know the one, it's in a Yahoo press release that you have to click on the button and then go to Instagram and you're like, whoa, she's got a new haircut. Have I done that? Sure. But not a lot of value there, right? Not a transaction of wealth going on. 35% of Americans admit they feel pressure to spend more money than they can afford after seeing images of their friends' lives on things like Facebook and Instagram. I think it's going to be popular, real popular, to bash Facebook and say they're no good for us and that they're too big and we need to regulate them. I don't see the answer, though. Oh, right now, you know, an interesting stock to invest in? Something like Amazon or Microsoft. If you think, you know, the Apple thing with China continues to be a headline. And that's why those stocks are down as much as Apple. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense to you. Um, the John Deere's, the uh, fertilizer companies, they become very interesting because you got to think Trump is going to, you know, try to get votes out of this. As are Democrats. And the key swing states in 2020 are going to be the farming states. If Democrats want to win, they're going to have to take some of those away. If Republicans don't want to win, they're going to have to you know, continue to do what they do well there. So a lot of promises are going to be made to farmers in the next 7 to 10 days if Trump and China don't make good. And you're going to see stocks rise that are tied towards farming. Crazy, right? How this world works. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money investing and more. Um, I would consult a broker advisor before taking any action on any stocks I ever talk about on this show. Um, because I'm here today. I may not be here tomorrow. And what I say today, I may not talk about tomorrow. So that's out there, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Money, investing, and more. Merck is an interesting stock to invest in right now. Or Pfizer, someone that has an income that if the market doesn't do anything for the next 90 days, you get a little action out of it. Small cap stocks that don't have exposure to China are interesting. You see how you need to kind of think like a KB Homes. It may be appropriate or inappropriate for your portfolio, but you're looking for things that aren't headline easy like Apple or Boeing. When Apple and Boeing stop going down, you probably want to buy those guys. But with the whole China headlines, I don't have the timetable for you. Hey, big event coming up Thursday evening. Thursday evening in Los Gatos, the Toll House Hotel. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black's show. It's all about income and retirement. We'll be talking about some investments, wealth preservation, having a good taxable drive that makes sense in retirement. You can sign up at Rob Black's show. Use the code radio25 to get in for free. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.